Hey guys, welcome back to the Grant Mint Podcast, episode number four. And in this episode, I'm going to be discussing how to one budget, handle money, and then next, how to invest your money the right way. Now, this isn't just going to be like stock tips or telling you exactly what you need to invest in, but it's really going to talk about how to help you really change your view on the way that you view money, how to operate and manage it in the correct way, and then teaching yourself how to learn how to allocate and uh, disperse money in the right areas that can give you high returns and, and you know ultimately help you become extremely wealthy. So let's start with the basics, right? So I first want to talk about a simple third grade level budgeting tool that I've used for the past, I would say three to four years. It's helped me a ton. And then we're going to go into a little bit about how to view money and then investing. So Let's first discuss how to actually allocate and control and budget your money properly. Okay, so I always say before you invest, before you look at the stock market, before you do anything, you first have to learn how to one, create an income for yourself and two, properly budget and manage in the right way. Because no matter how good of an investor you are, if you cannot first create the capital that you need to invest, Or if you can't properly budget, so no matter how much money you're making, you're always going broke, there's really no point to even discuss any investment, any stock market, any real estate, any company, anything. It's a waste of time. So let's first discuss how to do this the right way. Now, this is important at any single level. It does not matter if you make a $1,000 a month, $10,000 a month, or a million dollars a month. Regardless, you have to do this in the proper form. Okay. I look at this the same way I look at a uh, foundation of a massive building. You know, if you've ever seen a building go up in a, in a big city, you notice it takes forever to get that thing off the ground. And the reason is, is because they're building a deep foundation to hold the structure. The taller the building is, the deeper the foundation has to go to make sure that it can hold that structure up forever. So we're going to kind of discuss it in that sense and kind of give you uh, the best ways and tools to be able to do this in the right way. So let's get started. All right. So as far as budgeting, okay, let's say that a individual makes $5,000 a month. Okay. Now let's say that person gets paid bi-weekly. What you have to do is you have to control your capital the second it hits your bank account. The second it does not a couple days after, not a week later, but the second it touches your account. So step one, figure out what your base operating costs are per month. Now, I want this to be, and to be honest, it's okay to have a little cushion with this, but I want you to find out what it takes to pay your rent, your insurance, your mortgage, your car payments, your food, your shelter, and even some entertainment, basic, basic operating costs that look, this person needs $2,000 a month. This person needs 5,000, 10,000, whatever your number is, find that number, okay? So let's discuss this, all right? So let's say that person A makes $5,000 a month and they know that per month they need, let's say $2,000 in operating costs, which means to keep their personal self going, their family, their situation, whatever they like to do, they need $2,000, Okay. So step one, learn that. Now, when the $5,000 comes in, the second you get it, if you're W-2 employee, that means taxes are already pulled out. So you're fine. 
allocate whatever money comes in. If you're a 1099 or maybe a small business owner or independent contractor, what you would do then is separate immediately. The second that $5,000 hits your account, immediately separate the taxes that you would need. If you're W-2, it's already done for you. Okay. So immediately create a second checking account, change the name to tax account and allocate and move the money into that account immediately. That is step number one. Two, leave the money that you need for your general operating costs, which includes like we discussed just a second ago, your shelter, your food, your entertainment, your bills, all that kind of stuff. All right. So let's, let's break this down simply. Okay. $5,000. I want you to separate, let's say 30% for taxes. So immediately 1500 bucks goes into the tax account. All right. So you now have $3,500. Now let's say that person's operating expenses are $2,000 a month. Now, currently you haven't spent a dime. I mean, this is in real time. Let's say within, you know, a couple minutes, you have $3,500 sitting in your checking account. You need 2k to operate. So the second you're looking at that, before you look at shoes, before you look at your trips, before you look at anything, I want you to literally subtract the $3,500 from your 2,000 operating expenses and move that excess 1,500 directly to your, to your savings account immediately, okay? It is extremely important to do this the second you get paid, okay? Now, simplify. Whatever is in your checking account is now the money, the only money that you have. Anything that is in your checking, or excuse me, your savings account and your tax account, I want you to treat it like it's not even yours, right? That is separated money. You live, you operate, your friends want to go out to eat. You want to go on a trip? Cool. Make it happen with your operating costs that you currently have. Now, you may go, Grant, you know, I I realized, man, I kind of spend a lot. Maybe I need to cut back. Or maybe you go, Grant, you know, I I really don't want to cut back. I want to have a really good lifestyle. Perfect. Focus on increasing your income. So always do this to a T, all right? Now, let's discuss how to do this next, all right? So each month, this person A is putting an average of $1,500 into their savings account. Now, before that person should say, hey, Grant, what do I invest in the stock market? Should I get into real estate? Should I do this? Don't do anything until you have roughly, it depends person to person, but I would say general, a single individual would need first a minimum of $10,000 in a savings account as a security net. Now, this is if you lose your job. This is if something crazy happens. This is if, you know, your car breaks down. You got to pay $1,000 of fixes. If you need new tires, something happens with your kids or your parents or something like that you have 10 grand to make sure that you're okay. So if you lost your job for three, four months, you would be covered. You're protected. Because there's no point in investing if you just have absolutely no money to survive because if you're investing your money, your money's going to work for you. So first, save up that security fund so you are prepared. And I talk about this, and I don't want to go too deep into it, but I talk about this all the time is doing these things, like what I'm talking about right now, it creates leverage in your life. And what I mean by that, it gives you the opportunity as a person to make decisions. It let's, let's, let's simplify this, right? If you're in a horrible job and you have zero savings, 
and you haven't put money away whatsoever the entire time you've worked there and you realize that company is not a good fit and you know you have potential other opportunities and it's just a really bad toxic environment, it is almost impossible to be able to quit on the spot and go find something else if you haven't prepared or saved for it. But if you had five to six months of operating costs saved up, you with a clear free mind can go, you know what, this isn't the right fit for me. I'm going to go find another opportunity and I am completely okay not working for two months while I find the right opportunity that fits me. I don't have to quit and be rushed in a week or two weeks to make something happen on a job that's really not the right fit because I have leverage in my life because I've prepared for it. Okay. So first step, okay, get the $10,000 or whatever is, you know, a good cushion for your family. If you have a family of four, you're probably going to need that number to be a little bit higher. All right. Now, once you are past your safety net, whatever that may be, every penny over that needs to be saved and allocated into things that pay you money. All right. Things that pay you money. This could be the stock market. This could be your 401k. This could be real estate. This could be um, investing in a venture in somebody else's business. It could be in cryptocurrencies. It could be anything. But simply an income producing asset, meaning that if you put $10,000 into this asset, it is going to pay you every single month or every single year. And it is going to appreciate in value, right? Now, that is the simplest form. And have that simple third grade formula done every single week and never break from it. Now, as you increase your income, like let's say that person starts to make 10000 I am completely okay with you raising your operating costs, but do it at a minimal level, all right? When you make $10,000, don't only say 1500 You want to find a way to more than double that savings amount so you can invest and multiply your money even quicker, okay? Now, before we kind of talk about investing, I want to now talk about how to view money. And how we've really been kind of sold, I would say, I mean, honestly, a a huge lie on the way money works, the way to invest money, the way to view money. A lot of it is is sold and and described by people that really don't know what the hell they're doing. All right. Now, let's simplify this. Okay. Now, our whole lives, we are taught that saving a lot of money is good. You need to save money. You need to save everything. The problem is it's nearly impossible to save your way to wealth. And even if you do that, you're going to be old and wrinkly and barely able to move before you can even enjoy your money. So we have to learn to invest it the right way. Now, this is a problem. People that typically grew up in, you know, the 40s to the, you know, 80s, the difference was is banks were paying a hell of a lot higher interest rates. I mean, ridiculous numbers, you know, five to 20% interest rates crazy numbers. So if that person, like let's say I left hundred grand in the bank, I was making $10,000 a year just to have my money sitting there. But the problem is, and this is a good thing if you're a good investor and you know how to do leverage financing, because interest rates are so low in the United States and really worldwide, whereas like the feds have the interest rate right now, all the money they're pumping out at 0% right now, It is really cheap to get money and therefore banks are paying less than 1% interest on money that is sitting in there. Now, this is a huge issue. 
Because not only if you leave $100,000 in a bank and it's sitting there, are you not making any money? The problem is the feds are pumping so much money into the economy that it's weakening the value of the dollar. And this is simple. This doesn't take a master's in economics, economics, excuse me, to figure out. Let's simplify this, all right? What makes Ferraris and Lamborghinis so expensive when they hit the market? It's because there's only a limited supply. So let's say they only make 500 of the brand new Ferrari. That's why those Ferraris are each able to be worth two hundred to $600,000 or more. But if they suddenly increased the production and instead of making 500, they made 50,000, the value of those Ferraris would drop unbelievably more. And let's say as soon as they make those, they started making another 20,000. What would happen to the value again? It would drop even more. The same thing is happening with our dollar. So let's think about this. In 2020 alone, the Federal Reserve printed over $9 trillion into our economy, which is more than one-fifth, last I saw, 22% of the money that was ever circulating in our economy in history. So in one year alone, they printed a fifth of the largest world economy in history, money into it. So if you had a certain amount of money before 2020, your buying power is going to drop. It's going to drop because there was a certain amount of supply of it and now there's an excess of an extra 9 million without an economics degree, without any genius person, common sense level, you know that your value and your buying power is going to drop. The problem is this, is right now, let's say you you go on a date with a girl or you go to eat with your family and it costs you a hundred bucks to eat. In four to five years, that same exact meal, the same exact order, the same exact drinks now costs 130 or $180. So in other words, your dollar or your buying power that you are saving in the bank is depreciating in value. Now let's look at this even deeper. Let's say you left that $100,000 in the bank at Chase Bank or Bank of America. What did they do with your $100,000? How does a bank make money? The bank didn't just look at your $100,000 and go, oh, wow, she's doing really well. She's saving lots of money with us. That's great. No, they multiplied your dollar over 10 times. And they lent it out to people as form of loans, mortgages, car loans, personal loans, credit cards. And what they did is what I'm talking about, what we want you guys to do with your money. They took your money that you gave them to store at their bank and they made money off of your money by doing what we're talking about right here. They took your money and they multiplied it. They charged people interest and they made more money on your money. That is how banks make money. So if we think about who controls the entire financial system, it is essentially the banks. They control the the four, five, six major banks and all the other credit unions and small banks. They control 
all the money that essentially circulates in the American economy and really worldwide economy. In Europe, in the EU, in Australia, all these different places, the banks are controlling the money. So isn't it interesting or interesting that we were taught our whole lives that you need to save money? Because what does saving money benefit? It benefits the banks. Because the banks are able to loan out more money, make more interest on your money, and they make more money because of it. Now, when you have a Federal Reserve that's pumping $9 trillion into economy to save it from collapsing because of the COVID issue, or if you go back to 2008, all the money that they sent to, to the auto companies, to all the financial companies, to all these different things, they're essentially floating the economy. But the result of that is inflation hits the economy, okay? Now, that can be a good thing and a bad thing. If you're holding tons of cash, it's bad because what happens is that money sits there and its buying powers drop. For example, if you had $100,000 in the bank at, in 2008, right before the world economy collapsed, primarily the United States, that $100,000 today you know, 12 years later, the buying power of that has dropped considerably. Unbelievable. So that $100,000 would have bought you X number of things. Now, over that 10-year period, whatever that number be, you may have 7, 8, 9, 10%, 20% less buying power of that same amount of capital. Now, no matter how good of an investor you are, no matter if you are great at the stock market, bad at it, if you're great at real estate, if you're great at anything, if you put your money in simple common sense stocks that are obviously going to appreciate, Amazon, Apple, successful companies that you know are probably going to be around, let's say Facebook, all these different big companies, you would have made unbelievable returns on that money. Even if you wouldn't have picked great companies, the economy recovered after 2008 and it has gone on the best economic run in world history. And that same $100,000 that the bank was going to use to lend out all your money and make millions off of it, instead you put in an asset that paid you, you would have appreciated that $100,000 and turned it into something ridiculous, even if you weren't a great investor. Same thing for, for real estate. Regardless if you're in a rough area town, nice area, middle class, apartments, office buildings, there is very few real estate anywhere in the United States, if any, that did not gain value from 2008 to 2021. Literally almost nothing. Because it is a natural flow of the economy. Things cost, cars back in the 70s were a few thousand dollars. Now they're anywhere from 30 to unbelievable amounts of money, right? Hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it's because natural inflation, it's what happens in our economy. So you have to utilize that and you have to look at money. Money does not have any real value until it is exchanged. It's only potential value. The reason is if, if I have a, or let's say if I have a thousand dollars in my pocket right now and I sit it on the kitchen table, 
it's literally just a thousand dollars. Yeah, it's a thousand dollars, but it's literally just a bunch of piece of paper sitting there. It has no real value until I go and purchase something of value with it. So you have to look at your money as yes, you need your security blanket. Yes, you need operating costs. Yes, you need money just in case you lose your job. 100 million percent. But if you just have tons of money sitting in your bank account, not doing anything, it is as good as you put, actually, it may be even worse almost. It is as good as you just literally sitting it on your kitchen table and just never looking at it for 20 years. And that is still going to be that amount of money. But the problem is the buying power of that money has dropped considerably in that 20 years and it just sat there. And that's exactly what 99% of people in the world, not just the United States, are doing with their money. So you have to look at money as a tool. So when it comes in, when you get past that, that um, when you get past that security blanket, you need to allocate and invest every single thing possible into things that are going to appreciate in value and things that are going to pay you. You do not have to be a good investor for this at all. It takes pure common sense. For example, whether what industry you're in, we know that probably electric vehicles are probably going to be bigger in 10 years than they are now. We know that technology, AI, these space companies are probably going to be bigger than they are right now. We know that home values in the United States are probably going to be more in 10 years than they are now. So rather, no matter what, if you're a good or bad investor, if you put your money typically into things that are going to naturally appreciate in value and pay you, you will make more money than you leaving $100,000 in the bank and you losing 3% on inflation per year. Now, if the banks were paying you 25% on your money, completely different conversation but they're not. They're paying you 0.0001% and you're losing 2 to 3% on inflation per year because that money is not appreciating at that rate. So this is the way that you have to look at money, guys. And it's unfortunate we've been taught the wrong things, but I always say, it's one of the best sayings everything, uh, that I've ever heard is question everything you hear, including this podcast. Everything that I talk about on here is I consider like an open forum. I want you to go dissect, study, and learn everything that I'm talking about and everything that you hear and learn because it's going to only help you have a better grasp and understanding of what these people are talking about. Because at the end of the day, it's not me sitting next to you when you're buying your first piece of real estate or when you're buying your first stock or when you're investing in yourself to get leads because you're a real estate agent or you're starting a business. It's you. And you have to be personally accountable for your finances and your own financial success. But you have to always realize that you have to manage your money and you need to shift your thinking from thinking like a retail consumer into thinking like a bank. The second the money comes in, I need to diverse it and allocate it into things that appreciate in value and pay me. Because if you rinse and repeat and do this over and over and over and over again, what ends up happening 
is you end up multiplying your money in ways you've never seen and you end up getting pretty damn good at it. Because think about it. Let's say, yeah, you go, Grant, well, what if I put my money in the stock market and it goes down? Or what if you start a business and it fails? Or what if you buy a piece of real estate and it goes down? It doesn't matter, guys. That same money that you were going to put into that investment, if you didn't put in that, you would have gone to Cabo. You would have gone on a trip. You would have bought a pair of shoes. You would have gone out to eat. You would have got drinks with your friends. And you would have lost 100% of that money. So instead, put it into things that have the massively high potential. Do your research. Read every article. Read every newsletter. Read everything that you can read up about the investment in the company and learn. Take courses. Ask people that are successful. 100 million percent. But put your money into things that pay you because it can make the biggest difference in your life compared to just buying things that depreciate and only make other people money. So that's the message for today, guys. I hope it helped a bunch and kind of open up your mind and thoughts on how money works, how investing works, and how to kind of really view the the economy, really, I guess, the world economy. I appreciate every guy or everyone's feedback on all the podcasts. If you can, don't forget to subscribe and leave a detailed review. It helps you know the podcast continue to grow. If you guys have any other questions or feedback, you're more than welcome to find me on Instagram at Grant Mitt. Um, I try to reply as I get a ton of messages in there, but I try to reply and help as many people possible. You can also follow me on TikTok at Grant Mitt as well. I do weekly, you know, about two to three videos a week talking about personal development, sales, finance. And, and all different types of things so I can help people. Like I said, I'm always going to be here to just give value to you guys. I promise I will never sell a course. I will never do some program for something to make money. I'm running two successful businesses on my own. And I just look at this as I've always felt like I was told a lie my entire life. And luckily, I, I guess I was hardheaded enough to go out and figure it out on my own. And so I just want to take everyone on that journey and give as many people the tools to succeed as possible so they don't have to go through the mistakes that I went through. So that's my message for you guys this week. I really appreciate everything. I hope everyone has an awesome week. I will see you guys next week for episode five. Thanks guys. Have a great week.